Well, we're on our second week of our Speak series, and uh, it's a life-changing series, and, uh, you know, if you have the Lord speaking to you, then uh, everything else is just secondary, because as soon as you know what to do, as soon as you know his voice, then uh, it makes everything else very simple. And listening to the voice of the Lord and tuning in to the voice of the Lord will actually cause all the other voices to become insignificant so that uh, they, they just, everything becomes secondary. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Where we get it messed up is if we try to put the things first and we <laughs> seek the things and we're going to add the Lord onto it. Yeah. Well, that's not going to work. Uh, you're going to be like a, a mighty failure. <laughs> Just a, a failure waiting to happen. Let's start in Romans, Romans chapter ten, uh, 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. That's the Greek word rhema. So I'm going to use that word. Uh, but what does it say? The rhema is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. What is the rhema? The rhema is the spoken word of God to you. It's the word of God. It's God speaking to you. It's God revealing to you. Do you understand? Like, it's the word of God that becomes real to you. And how does the word become real? The word of God becomes real by the spirit of God himself. He is the one that makes the things of God real to us. So if you're, if you're struggling and if you're having difficulty with the things of God, with your walk with the Lord, and you just feel like I'm walking next to a person and I see that person walking in life and I want that person to seek the Lord and I want that person to follow God, but they're not doing it. It's like going through the motions. Well, man, you need to look to the Lord by the presence of the Spirit of God because you just pray. Oh, oh, let's turn over there real quick. Timothy. Timothy. Isn't that a good book? It's probably like one of the best books in the Bible. I like the book of Timothy. I can't find it in my own Bible. But, but I love it. Is a tiny little book. Is that what you're saying? It's a tiny little book. Well, I think it's 2 Timothy. I will tell you in a second. Yeah, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, verse 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet or ready for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, Love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, <laughs> knowing that these do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all, apt to teach, patient, in meekness. Listen to this. Listen to this. If you're going to be used of the Lord to instruct people, listen, listen to this, it's really important. 
in meekness. Do you know what meekness is? The meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus was the meekest man that ever walked on the earth. Meekness is power under control. Meekness is Christ on the cross knowing he could call 10 legions of angels, yet he chose not to. That's meekness. Uh, 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 a father, the Bible says, don't provoke your children to wrath. You know, as a father, you could like destroy your children, but you ought to be meek. You can destroy someone with the word of God, but that's not love. And that's not meekness. And meekness is not some timid, wimpy uh, characteristic. <laughs> meekness is actually a sign of real strength. That when you want to say something and tell somebody what you think of how they're acting, that actually you're meek enough to let the love of God constrain you. That's a strength. That is not a weakness. Meekness is awesome. <laughs> In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Nobody raise your hand, but have you ever found yourself opposing yourself? <laughs> you I got to go in the mirror and say, self, stop opposing thyself. <laughs> what are you doing? I like what David said. You know, I picture him doing it in a mirror, which maybe, I don't know, would have been then like a creek or something. But anyhow, he'd be like, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless his holy name. I think he said that because he didn't feel like doing that. He didn't feel like saying that. But he's like, I'm not doing this based on what I feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think he felt mm -hmm. like he could kill a lion and a bear? In, whoa, the whole Bible changed pages. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves. In my Bible, the word recover has a little number two there. And in the, the center margin of my Bible, it gives me the Greek word for that. My, this is my favorite. That's uh, the original, I guess. But anyhow, can't call it a translation. That they may awake. The Greek word for recover is awake. That You ever felt like you're like sleeping? Like, why don't I wake up? Like, what, what, what am I? I'm just, I'm just like going li through life as a fog. Mm -hmm. uh, what's happening? Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. That they may awake themselves out of the snare of the devil. Mm -hmm. What's happening? You're under attack. Mm -hmm. Who are taken captive by him at his will. The margin of my Bible for taken captive actually says that the Greek literally says taken alive. Mm. Taken alive. So verse 25, back up, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance. 
I don't know when I'm going to do it, but we're going to do a, we're going to do a whole series on repentance. If you're not excited about it, repent. No, I'm <laughs> but repentance, when I started studying it, I've never studied it this in depth as I, as, as, I don't know if it was December or January I started studying it uh, more in depth. But repentance actually means that you stop and you consider your life and the direction that you are going in order to decide if that's the way you really want to go. In other words, Christianity is not for mindless people who are just like airheads going through life like whatever happens, happens. We are to consider the direction of our life and say like, I don't want to be going that way. Yet I see myself going that way. Well, Paul told Timothy in meekness. In other words, don't instruct somebody like, you know, you are so foolish. How could you think that? How could you go that way? You know, that actually amounts to absolutely nothing to quote quote 1 Corinthians 13. That's called, uh, you know, without love. You can have like uh, supernatural knowledge. You can have insight into the lives of people. You could have a gift of the Holy Ghost that gives you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom concerning somebody, and it can amount to zero yeah. if you're not acting in love. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get too many of those because faith works by love. Mm-hmm. God's patient, but he's not going to equip you to beat somebody with his words. So in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So somebody that's walking in a fog or they're walking a, a, a sleepwalking, so to speak, they need repentance. Well, what is repentance? They need to be able to see the course of their life as God sees the course of their life so that they can awake and be like, whoa, whoa. I had no idea I was going this way. And I'm deciding I'm not going this way. Uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's called repentance. That, that's, that's called uh, making a decision to actually change the direction of your life. So if you know somebody like that, you pray that scripture over them. I know I was praying for a fellow, and I was, I, I, I was, it was a serious situation. I'm praying for him, and uh, I just kept getting, man, this, this guy is like sleeping. This guy is asleep. He's just, he doesn't even want to be doing all this, but he's doing all this. He's asleep. He's asleep. And... I just kept getting it. Every time I'd pray, it'd just come up. And so I'd, I'd pray for him to wake up and uh, be alerted and, and, and know what's going on. And, and uh, that was before I read the margin of that Bible, that scripture, scripture verse in Timothy there, 2 Timothy 2. And um, then I said, well, Lord, I really need some really solid scripture to stand on for this. This is a serious situation. And sure enough, this scripture, all of a sudden, what happened? All of a sudden, uh... Well, it was witnessed to me on the inside. I can't say I heard it, but it's almost as clear as hearing it. All of a sudden, I was just drawn back 
And so and I didn't even know that was in there. And so I started reading it. And then as soon as I went to uh, recover and I went to the margin and it said awake, I was like, oh, that's exactly what I've been praying for this man. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The Lord did it. Amen. The Lord did it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what every person in the situation thought was impossible and it looked impossible, including this man, God did it. God woke him up. (laughs) He's like, oh, I didn't even know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you get God involved in the situation and you can see things the way that he sees things, when he opens up and puts light, like I was uh, driving last night and I'm driving and all of a sudden on on 66, Interstate 66, and uh, I'm like, what is that? There's this light coming. The other lanes, I'm going this way, it's coming this way. And there's this bright light, and it's shining up. And I thought, that is kind of weird. Is somebody's headlight misaligned, or what's happening, you know? And it keeps getting closer and closer, and I thought, it must be an illusion. But I thought, it's like a shaft, a huge shaft of light. And sure enough, this vehicle comes, and it was, I don't know if it was a Jeep or some kind of big truck, but it had one of those huge light bars that goes all the way across the Jeep, like eight feet wide. And it's angled up like maybe 45 degrees into the air. And so it was literally a shaft of light coming down the road. It's that, what is that called, Dave? HMI or something, the really bright stuff? What are those, the really bright ones? The cars, you know, when you're driving and the headlights... And you can't see HMI. H-I-D. Oh, HID. Okay. So it's these HID lights. Well, what happens? Well, why do people like those? I don't know if they like to just like make it so you can't see. <laughs> but those actually, you can see a lot better with those. A lot clearer. Well, imagine how you can see with the light that God gives. Like we think, well, I know something. You know, James said something about human wisdom. He said it is sensual and devilish. (laughs) And we think I'm pretty smart. (laughs) The wisdom of this world. Well, you can see that. I mean, the world is so foolish right now in their wisdom. It is devilish. It's more devilish than probably that I have recognized in my life. I want to say then since I've lived, but I don't know. I mean, just what I've been exposed to. They, they call that wisdom. That's not godly wisdom. Yeah. True wisdom comes from God. Amen. That's right. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that God would give unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him. Yeah. Margin of the Bible actually says in acknowledging him. So what we want is we want to be like Paul who said in Philippians chapter 3 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings to be made conformable unto his death. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So Romans... Romans chapter 10. Now we'll go to Romans chapter 10. Okay. 
I like it when the Lord interrupts. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, in the King James, it actually says, By faith Abel, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, still speaks. Now, I'm going to read this in a couple other translations uh, because you know, the sto- you, know well, you may not know the story. But Cain and Abel, uh, one offered an acceptable sacrifice, which is Abel, and one was unacceptable. Okay, amplified. Prompted, actuated by faith, Abel brought God a better and more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, because of which it was testified of him that he was righteous, that he was upright and right standing with God, and God bore witness by accepting and acknowledging his gifts. And though he died, yet through the incident, he is still speaking. Weiss translation, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Uh, Message translation. I really like this one. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. Now, Jeremy translation. The Passion Translation. If you don't have the Jeremy Translation, it's the Passion Translation. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. I should read that again, Jeremy. I messed it up. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today. And even though he has been long dead. And so this story, this, re, uh, this I, mean, I say story, I don't want you to think it's, a, it's just like a, fairy tale story. This really happened. And many times people feel like they are Cain. And how come God would do something for her and not for her? Why was she blessed and she wasn't? Why was she healed and she wasn't? So the devil wants to work on you. And you know he's working on you when you feel mistreated. (laughs) Like, well, she's just more special. God just loves her more. So that's why he's doing it. Because he just loves Victoria more than he loves anybody else. So she gets all the blessing. What happens? Well, you're getting on the devil's territory because you are comparing yourselves among yourselves, which is not wise. What do you need to do? 
You need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And say, you know what? You say, say, say my favorite verse. Psalm 119, verse 128. I esteem your word above all else to be true. Actually says precepts. Your precepts above all else to be true. And I hate every false way. And that is where I'm beginning. What does that mean? Well, what that means is many people have an incorrect view of faith. They feel like, (laughs) that's their problem because they feel. (laughs) They act on what they feel. But they feel like, Mm -hmm. well, if I just confess enough, if I just pray enough, Mm -hmm. if I do what God wants me to do enough, then he will do this. Mm -hmm. I saw a thing the other day. Somebody called it a transactional view of faith, of God. In other words, we're going to have a transaction. So I'm going to pay you some money and you're going to give me this. And the currency that I'm going to pay you is serving you and praying to you and reading your word and then you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So then she's sitting here watching her receive healing Mm -hmm. and she's thinking, I know she's better than me. You know, it's not fair. Uh, It just comes easier for her. And, you know, she just this and she that. And the devil will tell you, yeah, you you just mess up. You just just don't ever do things right. You didn't say it the right way. You didn't say it in King James. You said it in passion. (laughs) I want you to say the King James with passion. (laughs) So people look at Cain and Abel... And a lot of times they think that. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. No, one trusted God and the other didn't. Yeah. Faith, what's our working definition of faith for this series? Our working definition of faith for this series is faith is doing what you hear God say or what you see him show you. Yeah. Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing God speak to you. Do you know how much freedom is in that verse of scripture? That you have complete freedom. Uh, Praise the Lord. So, (laughs) praise the Lord. All right, if I start going this way and the Lord stops me, then I'll stop. Uh, so, have you ever heard of the sovereignty of God? Mm-hmm. That God is sovereign? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, some denominations really like uh, maximize the sovereignty of God. And they say, well, God is sovereign. In other words, Whatever the Lord wants to happen is going to happen. And some people go to such an extreme that it really doesn't matter what you do, that uh, if you're going to be born again, you'll end up being born again. If you're not, you won't. And God is sovereign and, you know, so on and so forth. Do you know, like, people that focus on the sovereignty of God actually don't believe in the sovereignty of God. (laughs) People of faith believe in the sovereignty of God. Now, what are you thinking? You're thinking like, what is he saying? What are you talking about? Well, what I'm saying is, people say like, well, if God is sovereign and Victoria gets sick, 
it's obviously the will of God. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. The Bible says that we were healed by the very stripes of Jesus. That himself, not someone else, not some other stand-in, that the Son of God himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses so we wouldn't have to. Well, people say, well, God is sovereign, and since Victoria is, is uh, received from God so much, obviously she is, is, is godly, and so that must be the will of God. Well, no. When I say we believe in the sovereignty of God, what I'm saying is Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, mostly 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Jesus said, Lay hold on the faithfulness of God. Grab hold. I, I looked that up one time. I got a big thing we put on the refrigerator for months, years actually. And it said, possess, grab hold, hold tight to it. The very faith of God. In other words, you're not doing this with your own ability, with some like natural human faith. You rely upon the very faith of God. Well, if... Uh, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God or hearing by God speaking to you. Then if you're going to be a person who lives by faith, you're living by your trust in God. Well, how do you get faith? Well, back up in Romans chapter 10. How can they hear without a preacher? How can they believe unless they hear? So you have to hear. Well, that's not just you hear that Christ himself came as a sacrifice for your sins, for your mistakes, for your failures, for your sickness. And if you uh, accept that and realize and confess that God raised him from the dead and confess that he's Lord, you shall be saved. That is certainly included. That's the great confession. You can get anywhere from there. But that's not just for that. Living by faith is living by faith. So it's not like, okay, I had faith. I remember it was 1978 and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at 2.22 in the afternoon. Actually, I think I was born again in 1979. But. <laughs> and so, yes, I'm a child of the 70s. And so we don't just focus there, but living by faith is living by what God says to you. What does that mean? Well, that means I am totally reliant upon him and what he says. His sovereignty, if you will. That means in this situation, in every situation, if sickness attacks my body, well, then I know that I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. But if that thing doesn't immediately leave, you know what I'm doing. And even if it does, I'm still looking to the Lord. I say, Lord, I look to the inside. And he gives me every step to take. And every step then is a step of faith. So then people think, they accuse us, quote unquote, faith people of like, well, you just like try to control God and you try to tell God what to do and all this type of stuff. Well, I'm sorry, but the word of God is the one that said, um, put me in remembrance, declare that you may be justified and concerning my son and the work of my hands, command ye me. But you know what? 
That will not work if you're not doing it being led by the Spirit of God. Faith and being led by the Spirit have to go together. So actually, people of faith are the most reliant upon God because we're doing what He's saying to us. Well, how does He speak to us? Well, number one, He speaks to us through His Word. But like I said last week, just because you read the Word of God alone doesn't produce faith. Jesus said, you've got to pay attention to what you're hearing. Don't be in a fog. Don't be in a daze. Don't be daydreaming over here while the word of God is being ministered to your spirit. You receive in your spirit. Paul said, we minister spiritual things to them that are spiritual. And so if you actually listen with the ears of your spirit to what the spirit of God is saying, it doesn't matter if someone is like the centurion and makes Jesus marvel because of their faith. Because God knows you intimately and intricately. And he will always give you his word as solid ground to step out on in what you can believe. Do you understand? So I've had the Lord sometimes, all of a sudden, whoo, the word is quickened, and I'm just like, well, I, and then I just receive it, and I act on it, and boom. I've had the Lord also lead me in a pathway that every step was a step of faith. In other words, every step on the inside, he said, okay, now do this. Okay, now do this. That's how I minister. I'm following the Lord every step of the way. In other words, I'm ministering by faith. That doesn't mean that I'm not preparing. Some people say, oh, just, just do it by faith. And they're saying, like, just don't think about it. Just don't think about the details. Oh, no. Faith is exactly the opposite of that. I have the most intricate detail from the most intricate being. And he says, Tim, look at this. He says, Tim, I will multiply your seed sown. And all of a sudden... I see that like I've never seen it. And I'm like, whoa, he really will. That's real. Boy, that's the time to sow a seed. Thank you, Lord. And then after you sow that seed, you water that seed. How do you water it? With your tongue. You say, I sowed a seed and God is multiplying that seed right now. That seed is being multiplied. So faith comes from the words that God speaks. Abraham actually believed according to that which was spoken. Romans chapter 4. Abraham believed according to that which was spoken. By who? By God. That's how Abraham could be the father of faith. Well, we're to believe according to that which is spoken, that which is rhema. That's how we, that's how we can believe. This is why somebody said, how do you know if you're in faith? Well, you just know. What do you mean you just know? It's on the inside. You have a witness on the inside. Like, this is the Lord speaking to me. I have solid ground. When you act in faith, 
Sure, uh, thoughts will come to your head, but man, you have the most solid foundation that is, that is in existence. But this all comes from relationship. Christianity is a relationship. And it is a relationship with God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God himself. Through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. There is no other way but through Jesus. People don't want to say the name of Jesus in the world because there's power in the name of Jesus. People want to legislate Jesus out because there's power in the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus will actually cause demons to flee. The name of Jesus will cause you to rise up in boldness and strength. And the name of Jesus has all power in heaven and on earth. Amen. So you speak the name of Jesus over your situation. But it all starts with a relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with him, you're going to get really confused, really frustrated. You're going to live a false and a fake life, and you're not going to live a life of, of faith, trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. Faith starts by the Spirit of God speaking to you and showing you the course of your life and the direction of your life. John, Jesus said in John, the Spirit of God will convict, some translations say convince, the world of sin because they believe not on me. Saying like, okay, you have nothing in your life you can produce. It all comes from Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, salvation is not automatic. Salvation doesn't come because you were born in a Christian family. <laughs> Salvation doesn't come because you believe that there is a God. Salvation comes by faith in Christ alone, by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ that God has raised him from the dead and you taking him and declaring that he is Lord. John said, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. You have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ to be born again. You are not born again and you are not on your way to heaven because you're a good person who does good things. There was actually only one good, Jesus said, and that is God. The problem was when man fell, sin entered the world and death through sin. Sure, it resulted in physical death eventually, but actually it was spiritual death, which is separation from God, that our nature was cut off from God. And so the problem is not being good or being bad. The problem is you need to be born again. Born from above, Jesus said, that you need to become a new creature recreated in Jesus Christ. So the problem is a blood problem. It's a nature problem. It's the real you on the inside problem. Has absolutely nothing to do with your good deeds or your bad deeds. 
So if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, you've never repented and turned your life over to Him and you'd like to, slip up your hand and we'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. And in an instant of time, you'll come into the kingdom. You'll have new life and a new nature. Instead of trying to be good, goodness will flow from the inside of you. If you're here and you were living for the Lord, but other things came in and, and just drowned out uh, the presence of the Lord and the life of God and, and the word of God, your relationship is, is like so distant, you don't even know uh, the experience of the freedom of the peace of God. If that's you and you'd like to come back, slip up your hand. And finally, if you're here this morning and you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, there is an experience after you're born again that Jesus talked about. He said, wait until you just are filled with power from on high. If you have not been filled with the Spirit and you'd like to be, slip up your hand and we'll pray with you and for you and the power of God will come on you in a flash. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we, we thank you for your word that you sent your word and gave us freedom. That you sent your word and you healed all of our sicknesses and all of our diseases. Really, you healed and removed the devil's sickness and the devil's diseases. That they don't even belong to us. Father, I thank you that you sent your word so that we would have solid ground. That we would know you and that we would know your plan for us father that we are your sheep and we know your voice that the same spirit that raised our lord from the dead lives inside of us taking all of your stuff all of your works all of your goodness and making it so real to us making it tangible in our life Father, that we don't live separated from you, but we live near to you. With you on the inside of us, that we live as those that have become part of your family, your very children. Father, I pray for every person that can hear this, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you like that in the deep and intimate knowledge of you. Father, that each step that you want every individual that's hearing this to take right now, the next step, Father, that you would make it real right now in their heart. Father, that they have your solid ground of your words to step out on. Father, that faith arises. Father, we thank you that we have the privilege to live by faith, by what you're saying to us and that you speak to us 
and you reveal to us and you lead us and you guide us and you care for us and you love us and you surround us and you empower us and you strengthen us and you open up the things of your word and your kingdom and your spirit. Oh, Father, that you're a good God, that everything that you do concerning us is good and to help us and to give us a hope and a future. Father, we pray right now that you'll give us words to speak to those that don't know and that haven't heard. Father, that we be like the soul of the earth, the light of the world. Hallelujah. We live for you. Father, I thank you that your word is true, that your spirit is real and he lives inside of us and he anoints us. Father, I thank you that your word will never fail. Other things will fail. Other things pass away. Other things have a perfection that ends. But your word never fails. Your word never ends. Your word, the perfection of your word has no end. Father, just continue speaking your word to us. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Thank you for bringing us freedom. Freedom through your word. Knowing your word makes us free, sets us free, gives us freedom and liberty. Oh, it's so good to be free. 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 Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, when you set us free, we're really free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.